The Doctor of Discernment is on the air. More than half the women in my administration are women. It's time that everybody wake up and pay attention. Dispensing a daily dose of common sense, no prescription required. President Biden's approval rating ranks right up there with jockage. Come on, man. Give me a little break here. People should not be afraid of their governments. Government should be afraid of their people. I don't believe in a no-win scenario. This is the Greg Belveridge Show. Good morning, my friend. The marketplace of ideas is open. It's great to have you along. Welcome to the Greg Belfridge Show. The We have learned now who the gunman is that opened fire on Sunday morning in Burnsville. A 38-year-old man who was the uh, gunman, he's been identified, Shannon Cortez Gooden. He, uh, as you remember, killed three first responders, two police officers, and a paramedic who was a a firefighter, actually, trained paramedic, who was on the scene also that lost their lives. And so... It's already a little, this guy had lost his right to own a gun because he had been convicted of felony assault. And he unsuccessfully tried then to restore his firearm rights, wasn't able to do so. And authorities said on Sunday that they had uh, multiple guns had been recovered from the scene. So the question that's really going to be on the minds of many people then will be, what did he do? He, he again, lost his right to own a gun because of felony assault. And so people then that it's, it's just troubling because, you know, he's going to go ahead and get guns anyway. And that's exactly what he did. So this is the shooting that came, uh, claimed the lives of three first responders, uh, the officers, as well as the firefighter have been uh, identified. And now we're learning about this guy. He's got a criminal record that incru- includes a previous domestic assault arrest in t- uh, 2005, felony conviction for second-degree assault in 2007, in other words, a, a long history. He had gotten into, at one point, a fight with family members at, at, at uh, a mall. And he and his cousin were kicked out of the mall. Outside then, he pulled the knife on his family members, but was uh, disarmed. He, then he threw rocks at uh, one of his other cousins. So this is the guy who was trying to get his, and also in the midst of that, trying to get his gun rights back. You know, wonder why his gun rights were not restored. So despite the fact that he had lost the right to own guns, he was in possession of multiple, I don't know how many, that's, that's what reports are saying, multiple firearms that he was in possession of uh, during this. So, unfortunately, he has just escalated and escalated. This guy's got a history of escalation in his in his life. The more more we learn about this, 
So just a a really sad story. These first responders, three of them who were killed, uh, the suspect also, My understanding is that he had taken his uh, his own life. Uh, I haven't seen that uh, specifically. So state lawmakers in Minnesota paused for a moment of silence at the Capitol yesterday. Um, Senator Warren Limmer of Maple Grove said, Criminals don't follow the law, and we have to be better prepared on the whole criminal justice system to react, he said. A Senator, uh, Ron Latz of uh, St. Louis Park, is a DFLer, he said, we do background checks, we've got the red flag laws, all these are pieces of the puzzle, data shows that they will have an effect reducing violence in our communities, but you're not going to catch every situation, it's just not possible. No, no, you won't. Uh, sadly, unfortunately. So authorities yesterday revealing the name of the gunman who opened fire then in Burnsville. And the more you learn about it, the more troubling it becomes. All right, the fine against Donald Trump has been big news. And this was handed down on Friday. The $355 million New York fine against uh, Donald Trump, massive, $355 million fine. And over the weekend, we didn't talk much about this yesterday, so I want to give you a little bit of background this morning. New York Governor Kathy Hochul was on um, a local station then on Sunday talking about this. She was on one of the New York really powerful uh, longtime radio station in, in New York. And she said, I understand, she's talking about the Trump ruling. And she said, I understand this might make people fearful, but this is really an extraordinarily unusual circumstance that the law-abiding, rule-following New Yorkers who are business people have nothing to worry about. Because they're very different from Donald Trump and his behavior, she said. And then she also went on to say she wouldn't second-guess the judge's decision. And she said the governor of New York does not have a say in the size of a fine. And we want to make sure we don't have that level of interference. (laughs) I know. I know. You're going to have to fight to keep your breakfast down. Uh, And she said... You do not want me as governor to be telling judges that I'm going to overrule their decisions. We need a clear separation of powers, she said. So then she went on to say she's trying to calm now, keeping she's trying to calm other business people in New York. No, this is just Donald Trump. We're not you have nothing to fear. And she said, New York merchants are by and large, they're honest people who follow the rules, she was saying, and they don't need to worry. And she said, the judge determined that Donald Trump did not follow the rules. 
So she's saying, again, um, this was is a really extraordinarily unusual circumstance, but law-abiding, rule-following New Yorkers who are business people have nothing to worry about. Yeah, for now. <laughs> for now. For now, they have nothing to worry about. Now, there are a number of business people who are looking and they're hearing, they're looking at the size of the fine against Trump and why the fine's been levied and the reaction then from Hochul and Kevin O'Leary, probably well known to you. He's one of the investors on Shark Tank. He's a regular on Fox News Channel. Kevin O'Leary ripped into, his words, loser New York. And he said, hey, he will no longer invest in New York as a result of this. And he was talking about this $355 million fine against Trump. And he said, this award, I mean, just leaving the whole Trump thing out of it and seeing what occurred here. And I'm no different than any other investor. I'm shocked at this, he said yesterday. He told Fox News. He said, I can't even understand or fathom the decision at all. There's no rationale for it. I think that's kind of a daily occurrence for so many of us. You know, you look at these things. You you can't understand it. You can't fathom how they arrive at this. It's just absolutely incredible. And so... O'Leary said New York was already a loser state. Those are his words. New York was already a loser state because of policy, high taxes, um, uncompetitive regulation. And he said it was already on the top of the list of being a loser state. I would never, but he said, I would never invest in New York now. And I'm not the only person saying that, he said. And he also said existing businesses, the new startup ventures, are going to Texas and Florida. And he said in New York. So they've got lots of work to do to find themselves getting out of this situation. Assuming, you know, that assumes some, what, rationality, right? Because you want to get out of that situation, you've got to understand, okay, we're in a bad spot. This bad, we we got to change it. No, unfortunately, no. Uh, I don't think there's, there's no getting away from this kind of stuff. There just isn't. I don't think you can escape that. What it is we see happening right now, I mean, um. That, that kind of thinking is just simply, for the moment, among some people, it's just dead. So he said, um, he said, and this has all occurred post-pandemic, O'Leary said, winner states versus loser states. So this was an interview with Neil Cavuto, and Cavuto then asked him, well, what about Governor Hochul's, you know, assurances then to New York business owners trying to get them to remain? And O'Leary said, we're very worried. 
Every investor is worried because where is the victim? Who lost the money? This is some arbitrary decision and judgment. This policy, what does this say about the bar, about the legal bar in New York? Aren't they going to question this judge? What is this? O'Leary said. And he said, I'm sorry her words fall on deaf ears to everybody. There's nothing she can say to justify this decision. And this has nothing to do with Trump. Nothing to do with Trump. Forget about Trump. This, and he's absolutely right about this, I think. He said, as he's speaking about it, he said, this is a New York problem. Has nothing to do with Trump. This is a New York problem. And you see it, you know, this is the kind of thing you see happening then in other states as well, where, you know, you look at, you know, Colorado trying to keep Trump off the ballot. And again, no legal basis to be able to be able to do it other than they don't want Trump on the ballot. It's kind of the same thing. And this is what Mr. Wonderful is responding to as he's talking about New York. So then Trump reacted to O'Leary's remarks on True Social, and he said, Kevin O'Leary is so great and tells it like it is. Businesses will flee New York City and state after the corrupt judge's ruling. But again, as O'Leary says, you know, the I'm shocked at this. I can't even understand or fathom the decision at all. There's no rationale for it. That's true of a lot of things we're going to wind up talking about each, you know, most mornings. There's not a lot of rationale behind a lot of these things. So Newsmax has got a story um, that caught my eye as well. Headline is Trump ruling could spur a New York business exodus. Now, again, this winds up being good news for other states that welcome, you know, welcome and celebrate freedom and not are not engaged. But as O'Leary says, a lot of these dollars already going to Florida. Florida is a big recipient as these companies are leaving New York, Florida, for many, is very much where they're going. So this piece at Newsmax said, uh, Wall Street, I want to just share a portion of this, Wall Street bigs are astounded at Friday's judgment against Trump, the AG's thirst for power, leftists running the state legislature, and Governor Kathy Hochul making the state unlivable. This is a piece by Lee Barney. And goes on to say, this is why major companies are now considering joining Goldman Sachs, which is moving to Texas. Hedge funds pulling up stakes for Florida. And private equity titans like Blackstone leaving for Miami. Bloomberg estimates $2 trillion in assets have left New York and California for Texas, Florida, and other Sun Belt states where the cost of living is as much as 40% cheaper. 
rampant crime, high taxes, exorbitant housing costs have been their main reasons for leaving. And now they can add to that a hostile political and legal environment. Yeah. So a hostile political and legal environment. That's what we see with the Trump ruling. And Kevin O'Leary just uh, really uh, astounded and and taken aback by it. I've got to say, you know, there's nothing that surprises me anymore, very little that surprises me anymore. When you've got people who um, are just responding emotionally and they make a decision, and we don't like Trump, let's destroy Trump. Hey, that sounds great. Let's do it. And then trying to assure other businesses, oh, but we would never do that to you. We would never do that to you. Want to bet? Want to bet? How long before that starts? I don't believe that, do you? That's just nonsense. Other big stories this morning. A, this is coming from Denver. A Colorado student was arrested yesterday on murder charges over the shootings of two people that were found dead in a dorm room last week. This is at the University of Colorado, Colorado Springs. And uh, the Colorado Springs Department say they've arrested a suspect, 25 years old. Two counts of first-degree murder. So he was a student at the school at the time of the shooting, according to the school. And so he's been arrested. This story has been among those trending big news this morning. And then finally this morning, Daniel Horowitz has got a a pretty fascinating piece at the Blaze talking about South Dakota. And the headline is, Christy Nome stays silent as South Dakota GOP cedes property rights. Then we're talking about what's going on with uh, carbon capture and, you know, Summit Carbon Solutions and all of that. They were... You know, they were shut down, and now they're back, and the project is back. Horowitz says, and he's asking, where's the governor? Where's the governor on this? Subheadline of this piece by Horowitz says, and I'll I'll dive into this later this morning, coming up this morning after 8. He said, it's shocking that South Dakota, um, this is the subheadline, excuse me, it's shocking that South Dakota lacks statewide leaders who speak with conviction about the fraud of global warming and the carbon capture grift. And talking about the uh, this bill, this SB 201, that um, it was uh, passed by the Senate's Commerce and Energy Committee last week. This is the one that preempts all local ordinances and restrictions on carbon capture pipelines. So, in other words, local governments, 
You've got no say in it. State's going to make that decision. And Horowitz says it's hard to imagine this bill would get so much support from Senate leadership if Christy Nome were vociferously opposed to it. It's a great, great uh, point. Um, SB 201 would strip local government, if, if, if it's signed into law, would strip local governments of authority to regulate routing, setbacks, construction, operation, maintenance, and zoning permits of any carbon capture pipeline. It's worth discussing. It's worth talking about in getting your perspective on this issue. And in this piece, Horowitz does does not pull any punches. He he goes after uh, Republicans in the at the state house, and he also you know saying that lawmakers are keen to infringe upon local control because the lobbyists who control the state party are bought into the global warning scam. And he said, then where is Christy? No, it's hard to imagine this bill would get so much support if she were opposed to it. She's on TV every night decrying the invasion at the border. But what about the invasion of property rights? He says. We'll talk about that coming up a little bit later this morning. And that's a look at the big stories this morning.